0: Hey everyone, welcome to uh, the Periscope Edge podcast. You know, I see, I say this every single time, but we always just forget about, uh, what do I say, the number that we're on? Uh, I think it's like 20 or 21. I think last week I said 15 or 16, so I'm going to give myself a little bit more credit this week um, and say that we've done a lot. We do our best to do these every couple of weeks. weeks. Um, it's kind of slipped a little bit, um, but my goal is to get one of these out every single week to talk about what's happening in the new and emerging kind of world that affects the advertising and marketing categories. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in kind of for the first time here to our podcast, we're coming to you from Periscope Advertising here in Minneapolis. And I say that um, because that's the truly the Building and the company that we work for, but we're also just a couple of individuals uh, talking about some some common, you know, breaking new news. And we and we say that because we might be completely wrong, right? The opinions and conversations that we have um, are all just really to kind of add more depth and add kind of our own opinions to the topics that we're seeing every other day on TechCrunch and Mashable. Um and then at the end, we're gonna wrap everything up and do our best to talk about why these topics, why these points of conversation have a direct effect on the work that we do in advertising and marketing and the work that um, ultimately our clients are going to see is a little bit of a change effect. So um, we are super lucky today to have Kate, one of our brand new interns, um, talking a little bit about E3. And I'll be the first to say, and when Kate kind of brought this up, she was the first one to raise her hand and say, why don't we do something about E3? And it makes a ton of sense. E3 is everywhere. And I'm not even going to get into really why it's such a big deal. Um, Because I will say that E3 is probably one of the biggest conventions that I spend the least amount of time looking into. And I don't know, and you'll get you'll get a reason of like why this matters, but I don't know if it's just I wasn't a gamer growing up or it just has kind of slipped by, um, but it's a really, really big deal. And Kate's going to be able to get into a little bit of this. Now, I asked Kate before we started here, she's a technically an account management intern, which it sounds like she's already crushing on the other side of the street here at Periscope. Um, but when I looked at what she had prepared for today, it's really, really exciting. It gives us a really, really kind of high level look at what E3 is all about for us who might not truly understand what the convention has in store, but it also goes super in depth to figure out why the brands at E3 and the platforms that come to life at E3 are going to have an effect on the work that we do here at Periscope each and every day. So Kate, before we dive into that, right, give us like a three sentence paragraph. You told this, you already like to talk a lot, which is perfect because you're here on the podcast, but tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up here at Periscope.
1: Yeah, uh, my name's Kate Dwyer. As Carter said, I am an account management intern. Um, I come from a background of public relations and in-house marketing, and I've always wanted to work at an agency. So that's and why here I'm you here. are. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> well, we are
0: so excited to have you, and it's it's you. And how many other interns do we have this year?
1: 15, including
0: me. 15, including you. So we have a whole crew of amazing, amazing young people here. And we're excited to get a couple of them on the podcast here, hopefully in the future. But as I mentioned, Kate was brave enough, raised her hand. (laughs) Back to E3. All right. So like I said, what the heck is E3? Can you give us like a baseline summary of what E3 is? It's a convention. It's about video games. Mm -hmm. But what does that give us us a little more detail?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So it's basically one of the biggest video game uh, industry events where developers, producers, designers, and basically everyone from the gaming industry can come together and share their latest and greatest creations. Um, normally, it's more of an industry-facing event, uh, but this year, E3 really tried to open it up um, to the public and video game fans, uh, and we'll be talking about that later later. Uh, The event, you know, highlights the hardware and games players can expect in the next year and provide kind of a sense of direction for where developers and publishers are going to be heading.
0: Totally. And and we're talking a conference convention similar to, like, CES, similar to, like, South By, like – Big convention center out – it's in California. It's in from, L.A. It's yeah. in L.A., yeah. Um, and a huge convention center full of thousands and thousands of people. And as mm-hmm. you mentioned, the public were there. Now, I know that when I looked at the list of people who were involved, when we look at more of the mainstream audience, the brands that we could look forward to like Nintendo, mm-hmm. right, EA Sports, yep. uh, Microsoft with their Xbox products. And we mm-hmm. can imagine all the new kind of mainstream tech was also coming to life like VR and stuff. But you had talked a little bit before we started about some of the more mainstream platforms that we work with as an agency, like Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and yeah. things like that. How did they come to life and what was their part kind of in the convention?
1: Yeah, social media played a huge role this year at E3. Um, Twitch, which is something that we've sort of been delving into, I think, as an agency. We're trying to learn more about it. It's a fairly new-ish platform, and it's very video gamer focused. Um, they were a sponsor, and they also provided a great platform um, for small indie game developers to showcase their work on Sunday night. So they sort of um, created an event, like a pre-pre-show event for um, you know, indie game developers who otherwise wouldn't be able to showcase their products at a big, you know, kind of monolithic industry event.
0: Right. So the idea that you could create like a small game and be a part of E3 in the past mm-hmm. was nearly impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Card. Got it. Got it. <laughs> now, it's int- well, I won't even go into it, but I just find it interesting how a platform like Twitch is giving an opportunity to small game developers to be on the main stage. Similar, if you look at the macro effect of like what Facebook had done for mm-hmm. publishers, right? So you could all of a sudden be on Facebook and get a lot of traction because the platform gave you the capability to do so. And now Twitch is doing that live at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just quickly address, you know, Twitch is a whole nother topic that we could talk <laughs> about, but just so everyone knows, Twitch is an online kind of video video delivery site, uh, very similar to YouTube, but it specifically focuses on streaming live gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm really into, I don't know, name your game, right? Yes. Um, I'm able to switch on Twitch and um, and be able to broadcast when I'm playing. And once again, I won't go too far into it, but Twitch is not a small platform. Right now it is, I think, the third highest, has a third highest engagement level throughout the entire internet, right? Mm-hmm. So it beats out Facebook, it beats out YouTube. The only thing it doesn't beat out is Netflix. And you can imagine Netflix <laughs> is this is the thing that we all turn on and binge for hours at a time. Um, but the average user tunes on or turns on Twitch and watches for like 73 minutes
1: mm-hmm. straight, which is crazy. So. Yeah. And that really speaks to the video game audience and the Completely. kind of people you're reaching at E3. I mean, the video game industry is huge and... It definitely overlaps as far as advertisers with a lot of the target audiences that we're trying to hit with our products.
0: Yeah. And the crazy thing is like when we look at the video game audience, it's funny because I think we all kind of get in our heads a little bit and say, oh, the video game audience is like 15 year old dudes (laughs) that are sitting in their basement drinking Mountain Dew. But truly, when you look at the demographics of the, the video game segments, like it's incredibly diverse. Yeah. Um, and it's a really interesting opportunity. And Kate, you had an interesting case study about Facebook and how Facebook yes. showed up. Love to hear about it.
1: Um, yeah, so Facebook um, overall throughout E3 did a lot of live streaming interviews uh, with game developers, industry bigwigs, so it was a great way for E3's audience to kind of engage um, as a home viewer. Um, but also, you know, if you're a attendee, you can go and see that in person. Um, one big thing as far as... Advertising goes, um, there was a case study done about Destiny 2, which is an Activision um, first-person uh, game that's coming out. Uh, basically, Activision wanted to raise awareness about Destiny 2, and they used Facebook and Instagram uh, at first by releasing a teaser and revealed video game trailers as mobile optimized ads in square one by one format, complete with captions for sound off audio play. Activision targeted its videos to custom audiences based on audience segments created by Facebook's console gaming team. Uh, So that was sort of the first part of the campaign. In the second part, Activision launched carousel and link ads to reach users who had viewed the entire Destiny 2 game trailer, as well as users who had previously engaged with the original Destiny videos fans of the Destiny Facebook page and Instagram pof- profile and a lookalike audience based on these groups.
0: So you're telling me that Activision was actually able to partner with Facebook here mm-hmm. in a specific team at Facebook, right? Like yes. their team of the console gaming team, yes. right? To be able to create a custom segment mm-hmm. to specifically target the ads that they created on the mm-hmm. platform to reach them for Destiny 2. Yeah. Right so this was not just jump on Facebook and place some ads.
1: No no no. I mean this was, you know, high level creative, high level engagement and I think Activision was really smart on leveraging E3 as a great launch pad for this campaign. Totally. Did it work? Um, yeah, so overall, the campaign reached 18.9 million users, resulted in a 35-point increase in ad recall, a 17-point increase in brand favorability, and a 14-point increase in purchase intent.
0: So it worked pretty well.
1: Yeah, those are numbers <laughs> we like to see, no doubt. <laughs> totally.
0: Well, so we talked a little about the audience. We mentioned the audience. You said that this is the first time that E3 was actually open to the public, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have thousands and thousands of people coming in. Um, how were audience members that were actually at E3 engaging with these these game companies, with these new games, with this new tech? How did that really come to life for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as audience engagement, um, there were a lot of different ways to do it. Um, you know, sort of overall, just a general view of what the audience looked like, uh, you know, kind of like what I said, it's a lot of prosumers, industry bigwigs. And this year, um, the Entertainment Software Association that runs E3 opened it up to the sale of 15,000 public tickets, um, which is a big deal. And, you know, so we kind of have to think, what does this mean for audience engagement? You're engaging a new kind of audience this year. And what does that mean for product experience? I mean, these conventions are already really packed. And so I think they kind of needed to expand to have the audience in different venues, different locations, and keeping everyone constantly engaged and not just waiting in long lines. Well, that's
0: a huge challenge, I could imagine, right? Because a lot of these games are built for one-on-one kind of. You play mm-hmm. for hours at a time. You're you're in the console. You're you know you're doing that one thing. You know, with an individual, and you have thousands of people who want to potentially play that game. Yeah, that must make for a, a challenge.
1: Yeah, and so I think people got really creative this year. Um, you know, as a part of the expo, a lot of the game companies. Uh, you know, give opportunities for, you know, uh, industry bigwigs and game players to interact with their new and sometimes older um, video games. And so Bethesda and Microsoft this year had experiential events where they let people play, you know, smaller segments of their new games and some of their old games. And it's just a great time to allow fans and, you know, people from the industry to interact with their games. Um, these were super popular. They completely sold out this year. They were kind of pre-register, um, bigger deal events. Uh, but the big one that was really, um, you know, publicly accessible was E3 Play Fan Fest. Uh, it offered attendees to interact with new games and technologies at the Hollywood Pavilion. So that one was really nice. I think you get a broader audience from that when you don't make it, you know, an extra registration outside of just getting a ticket to E3. Totally. Totally. And then Sony did something really interesting as far as audience interacting with their products. Um, they hosted a PlayStation E3 2017 experience at movie theaters across the country, complete with goodie bags for attendees. And I think that was really smart because... I think a lot of times, as much as home viewers are in the minds of people um, doing the marketing and sort of creative around E3, uh, Sony really wanted to connect with them and, you know, kind of bring them into E3 without them having to purchase tickets. So
0: they could go around the country. Sony purchased movie theaters. They purchased spots before movies, or were they able to, were people actually able to go and experience?
1: Yeah, I think they were able to just go to the movie theaters and experience some of the new gameplay and PlayStation experiences in the press conference. Which
0: I think is fascinating, right, because uh, I had a couple of friends who actually went to E3, and, and they talked about how interesting it is that, you know, Any one person or anyone can (laughs) go onto YouTube or whatever and watch these, you know, game trailers, you know, these kind of previews for the new games that are coming out. Anyone can do it. But yet E3 still generates lines and lines and lines of people who want to come in and actually feel that experience. And I think it's interesting. You talk about Sony looking at movie theaters, right? You talk about the best experience, bringing that to life. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at movie theaters, have the big screen, the big sound system sponsoring, you know, content, whether it's before the actual theater viewing or if it's an exclusive event being able to really brand that appropriately, reaching more people than just could sit in L.A., right? You can reach people around the country, which is fascinating. Now, you mentioned something about E3 Coliseum before we jumped on. Is that the same thing? Is that similar to what you're talking about or is that something completely different?
1: Um, Yeah, it has a lot to do with um, how E3 decided to engage their growing audience. I mean, they're obviously... You know, adding 15,000 additional people is huge. Um, And so it's a growing expo, which is really why I think it's important for us as industry people to kind of keep our eye on it. Um, So this year uh, they did the E3 Coliseum, which is what I sort of mentioned, which is basically consists of panels with video game experts, developers, producers. And I think overall it was a really worthwhile move for E3. Um, you know, a lot of attendees learn really quickly that E3 has these insanely long lines at the LA Convention Center where it's hosted. Um, so, you know, you can maybe play three to four of the big games if you're lucky. Whereas, um, you know, if you do the E3 Coliseum, maybe you go play one game at the LA uh, Convention Center and then the E3 Coliseum was hosted all around LA. So it's sort of, you know allowed for people to engage with the specific experts they wanted to um, the specific game developers they wanted to. but you know it also sort of lessened the crowds at the LA Convention Center allowing more people to actually they spread it out with a little products. Bit, right? exactly. That's and amazing. I think it was a really smart move and Yeah, it was definitely high-level thinking. Another
0: testament to how they're addressing the expanding crowd, I could imagine. Yeah,
1: definitely. So
0: so we mentioned at the beginning, too, like some of the things that were on display. And new tech for gamers is huge, Mm -hmm. right? Like, um, And I think, you know, we talk about VR, great, whatever. Well, not whatever. It's a huge <laughs> deal, right? But I think as, yeah. if you've listened to the podcast in the past, like I, VR is a lot of hype, but I've said in the past VR is one of the things or video games is one of the things where VR could actually really make a huge mm-hmm. difference in the world. Um, what other new points of new tech did, did, you know, kind of shine at E3? Yeah.
1: Um, I think, you know, I just sort of highlighted a few of the big ones. I think for me, the biggest was the 4K gaming. I think we're starting to see. 4k trending all across the board i mean i know me and all my friends are trying to get on the 4k tv bandwagon um you know 4k streaming with videos i think netflix i think has 4k they do yeah. uh, availability now and so uh, i think the video game industry is definitely keeping up with the pace of that allowing for 4k gaming um you know sort of like what you said vr is it's a hot Button topic, sort of. It's definitely slow to evolve. Um, but there's some new content. Um, it's technology that's on the horizon. And I think, you know, we definitely saw a lot of new games come out. But again, it's not evolving that quickly. But, um, it's definitely something where if you want to be kind of on the front end of it, now's the time to start paying attention. And, you know, as, um, people in the advertising industry, I think right now we should already be sort of concepting how we're gonna be able to use this technology in the future as it evolves.
0: That's perfect. So that's a huge takeaway, right? Like mm-hmm. we need to keep tabs on, on on the tech, we need to keep tabs on how they're dealing with customer experience, even within mm-hmm. the convention. Um, but in terms of takeaways, right? So we mm-hmm. look at the takeaways um, that we have as, as we watch from afar, obviously, where we were not at E3, um, <laughs> but it's very well documented. You know, yep. you know, you did some incredible research, really diving into <laughs> not necessarily just the games that were there, but truly mm-hmm. some of the ways that um, they brought them to life, et cetera, et cetera. What are some other takeaways that, that you got through kind of your research experience here?
1: Yeah. I mean, overall, the biggest takeaway is this is an event that we should be... Paying attention to it's a great study for experiential marketing, and it gives good insights into the video game industry, their audience, and new technologies to look out for. Um, one big thing that I think we think a lot about in the advertising industry is how we can be authentic, and I think a video game the video game industry is no different in that they have to be authentic to who is their audience and who they are as a brand. And I think one kind of funny thing that I noticed when I was watching some of the live streaming was Bethesda. Uh, you know, they're a video game producer. They're always very out there. Um, they're funny, but it's sort of interesting to see, uh, they brought in a lot of flashy performances this year with artists like the chain smokers. And, you know, I sort of sat back and I thought, is this really authentic to your audience? Or is it
0: just a bunch of fireworks? Exactly. Trying to get some attention.
1: Exactly. And I think the focus should more be on the content in E3. Like, what are the games you're producing? What does the gameplay look like? And not so much on trying to, you know, cross promote music. Look at like the
0: Coliseum as an example, like getting mm-hmm. people closer to the actual product that they exactly. came there to feel and experience.
1: Exactly, awesome. yeah. And another thing is just um, mm-hmm. as storytellers, as advertising people, uh, what does the future of storytelling look like? You know, we have to take into consideration VR and this sort of Trend and lenience towards personalization and individualization of experiences. And I think as advertisers, we're always looking at how we can get, you know, the smartest target audience and the smartest placement of ads and the smartest content that they want to see. I mean, we want to sell products to people who want those products, you know? And I think, uh, or er, er, video games are a great way, um, to see kind of how they're delivering content to people who want it. And so, yeah, that was a really interesting thing. Um, Another big thing is social media. We talked about it. I mean – it's an experiential event, and when you can integrate social media into it, it only makes it stronger. Uh, this year, I mean, just on Twitch alone, there were 21 million viewers streaming from home. That's amazing. E3. It's insane, and that's not counting Facebook live stream and YouTube, which was also really integrated into E3. We'll talk about a
0: perfect example, too. Like, when we look at reaching people in the moment, right, E3 is great. You pack mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people in the convention center, the Coliseum, etc., but that's like nothing compared to truly the reach that E3 had via the stream, right? Millions mm-hmm. and millions of people tuned in. Yeah. Um, and the impressions that that, in, you know, created was was incredible.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, just one sort of random blip, I guess, to kind of touch on is that eSports was kind of a big deal this year at E3. Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting opportunity for advertisers in the future to kind of get interested in. I mean – Obviously, if 21 people are live streaming E3, there's an audience there, and that's people we're going to want to reach.
0: Oh, and we've talked about esports before too, a little bit, and and I think it's worthy of its own focus, right? Yeah. Like we could talk about esports forever, but esports continuously on the rise. We're seeing mm-hmm. esports take traction throughout. I think every like kind of category <laughs> of video game, right? Everything yeah. from you know you know NBA to you know sports things to yeah. your first person kind of action games. Esports are huge, and we're going to continue to talk about that. They're going to continue to come up in conversation.
1: Yeah. Um, so overall, you know, I think we should always stay up to date on the latest trends in advertising, but it definitely doesn't hurt to know what's going on in other media disciplines, movies, music, video games. I mean, knowledge on all medias and pop culture can help us create stronger, more relevant campaigns. So if you haven't already, uh, I suggest going and checking out some of the content from E3. It's available on YouTube. It's available on Twitch and it's definitely worth looking into.
0: Completely. And, and Kate, I hope that we can get you to continue to write about The, the research you do is absolutely <laughs> incredible. And, awesome. and as we kind of, um, you know, look to wrap up. We talked about a lot in the last 20 minutes, yes. right? We talked about so much. We dove in a little bit to what E3 was, why it's such a big deal, what's happening out in LA. We looked at things like Twitch, Facebook, YouTube. How are those platforms getting involved? Not only from like a content creator standpoint, but truly the tools that people like Activision are using to get their message out in an incredibly targeted way. You know, basically, um, you know, pairing with Facebook's team to, to look at audience segments, which is crazy. We also looked at how these brands are coming to life actually on the floor of E3 in a really challenging space and looked at how companies like it was Sony, right, yeah. who were able to go and you know reach further in more of a physical way as they started doing sponsorships with uh with movie theaters which was amazing. We talked about some new tech and how that came to life and how important that was specifically for this uh, kind of gamer demographic and how companies are using that and they're showcasing that and they're continuing to push the fold on that as well. Um and then we looked at some awesome takeaways where we looked at you know the the future of storytelling, how to be authentic. Um we looked at how, you know, data is really fueling some of the messaging campaigns, looking at the large event in terms of experience and ultimately also looking at esports and keeping a tab on what's going on. So that was E3 Kate crushed her first podcast, <laughs> I will say. Uh, the research that she did, I can take absolutely no credit for. And it's incredible to see, um, how, how kind of such rigor and investment into, uh, a convention can show such great insight that we talked about today. So thank you so much, Kate, for being here. We hope this is not your last. Maybe <laughs> next week you can do it again. Yeah. So, um, all right. As I mentioned, uh, Kate and I, this is just our conversation, right? We, yeah. uh, we won't say we're right on everything, but I like to think this was pretty solid today. Yeah. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, Know, we do our best to talk about this to give a little more depth and, and, and conversation around some of the points that are coming on um so tune in next week as we hope to publish one more podcast We try to do it every wednesday and thursday uh as always periscope employees check out edge.periscope.com for all the kind of the new and up-to-date information and kate i hope we can get some really great e3 content up there so people have an opportunity to dive in a little bit more. Uh, with that have a great day and i'll talk to you